Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Sarah. This is Kat. <laughs> and welcome to Books and Debbies. What's up? Huh. Not much. What's up with you? Also not much. I just woke up, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not a lot can happen in the like 20 minutes I've been awake <laughs> you know sometimes mornings are just chaotic a lot can happen actually um, yeah you're right you're right it's but sometimes you morning. get a pleasant morning mm-hmm. yeah no my morning has been pleasant did my happy mornings oh, kind of, mm-hmm. um did my morning skincare my morning journaling I'm trying really hard to build healthy habits I feel like you've been doing the journaling for a while now, like fairly I have consistently. Been. Mm-hmm. Nice. I kind of fell off the bandwagon with like my busy week or, or like busy month that I had. Um, but yeah, it feels good to be back and like just doing relaxing things. I know this is not what you write in your journal. However, <laughs> all I can think about is when we found your old diary and got, got to read through it. <laughs> it's just the things you put in it. I hope in like another 20 years we read your journal and it's the same, but I know it's not going to be. Um, no, it's not going to be. I use, I, 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 uh, I guess I have always been kind of a journal bitch, huh? Yeah, you were. I feel like I was too, but we were big into writing in our diaries, so. Mm-hmm. And I stopped because I found out my mom was reading my diaries, which is like no, super no, right? Uh, some more, uh, anyways, <laughs> anyways, some more unpacking my childhood trauma on the podcast. I will be cutting that out. <laughs> um, I have my voice back, so that's exciting. I was gonna say you do sound much better. Uh, actually, when I was doing the editing. My microphone was able to pick up my shitty voice quite well. I'm not sure if you were able to hear how like bad I sounded like during the Zoom call. Like, but when I was editing, at least for the book club episode, I sounded okay, not good, but okay until like the very end where I started to sound a little bit rough. And then when we recorded the book talk, I sounded quite rough. But like when we were recording, I sounded rough for the whole thing. Like it wasn't, there was no point in which I sounded good. How long did it take you to like get better after? Um, a couple days. 
it was just rough because there was like I think the recording the podcast definitely didn't help because when we record it was like what three straight hours of just talking so like (laughs) you're typically when you lose your voice you're not supposed to talk at all like and you're supposed to like kind of let it heal um so yeah it was like two days I'd say before it was actually like noticeably a lot better do you have a bevy a cup of coffee nice and you same (laughs) nice iced coffee uh, no hot coffee with honey again Mm. um but i've been on this kick recently where i put turmeric and cinnamon in my coffee it's delicious adds a little bit of flavor that sounds like it would be delicious Mm -hmm. and it's not like too sweet like a honey and cinnamon and turmeric it's just like nice it feels very fall but it's summer, you know, but maybe I'm just manifesting that fall comes soon. I love <laughs> You're fall. a big fall guy. I am a big fall guy. I'm like, if I just ingest enough, enough cinnamon, I, I can pretend that it's fall. Are you drinking a nice coffee? No, regular oh. coffee. Uh, less interesting. There is nothing fun in mine. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll try that next time, though. You should. It's good. Uh, do you have a reason for drinking? No, I like coffee. Fair enough. You? Same. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and I guess I'm drinking because I have my voice back too. It's good. Good reason to drink. I love how we just like, I, I kind of thought about this the other day. And even though like, like the whole thing was like, we were going to drink alcoholic beverages and say like why we're drinking alcohol like as like a you know because usually you drink for like a reason I mean not always but like to celebrate something or to like help cope with something and that was kind of the premise and we just kind of slowly stopped drinking alcohol because we started (laughs) recording super early in the mornings but we still ask each other why we're drinking (laughs) you know it's like we got to keep the segment in otherwise how are we supposed to have a conversation (laughs) But yeah, nothing exciting really going on with me. No, me neither. Oh, I went to Vancouver for a day trip and saw like my whole extended family, which was nice. Oh. Mm-hmm. What, like, what for? Just because? Or was it someone's birthday or something? We have a lot of birthdays in the summer. So like, there's me at the end of June. And then... My cousin Laura, my cousin Kristen, my auntie Susan, my auntie Jennifer, my cousin's girlfriend Kathleen. I, I think that's it. There might be more. Are all born in July, <laughs> so uh, it's just kind of like a we get together. Like we like we have a lot of summer birthdays, and then we have a lot of winter birthdays. So like we usually get together and celebrate in the summer, and then in the winter just to like get it all done because like we really don't have anyone born in the spring or in the fall it's either like june july maybe august if i'm i might be forgetting someone and then it's november december and january and like that's it those are the those are the months that we have birthdays (laughs) so we just kind of lump them all together seasonal birthday parties yeah but it was fun it was nice to see my extended family Nice to be back in Vancouver for a bit, too. 
Well, I I was only there for like a day trip. So I left in the morning and then I was on the last ferry back. So it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a trip. It was like, a, I am here a for a purpose. <laughs> yeah. And I always hate when you have to catch the last ferry because you're like, if I miss it, <laughs> this it's is bad. It's so stressful. And then there's traffic on the way and you're like, please. I know. Please let I me was, on. <laughs> I, um, I parked on the one side. So I parked in Victoria and I just walked on the ferry and then bust on the Vancouver side. Um, and there was like, I think it's so much more stressful being in traffic on a bus. Something about that. Cause like, you're not really in control. Like if I was driving, I would get into the faster lane, but obviously it's a bus. So he has to stay in the slow lane. Otherwise he won't be able to get to the bus stop. And I'm just standing there like, I'm, if I miss this ferry, I'm screwed. So screwed. (laughs) But I made it. Happy for you. Thank you. Anyways, so um, on this episode, we are going to talk about Alone With You in the Ether by Olivia Blake, another very popular book talk book, because clearly that is like the only place we get our book recommendations. (laughs) (laughs) We should really try and branch out. We really should try to branch out. Maybe just like go to a store and just pick a random book. I... I did do that actually when, remember I was telling you about the uh, bookstore that was closing down. So all its books were free. Mm-hmm. One of like, there's one book that I picked, like I picked a few and then read them. There's a one book that I picked that I actually loved. And it, it looked like an old tattered, just no cover. It wasn't very interesting. And I was like, mm, well, no one's going to read it. I'll read it. And then I was like, damn, this is actually a really good book. So you know, we should do that. We should do that one day. Yeah, one day. Alone with you in the ether. Book talk. Um, Our book second talk. book that we've read by this author. Yes, and this last one was fantasy, and this one is. I wouldn't say it's fantasy. The last one. Yeah. It's like fantasy adjacent, but <laughs> fantasy adjacent. There's magic, but it just doesn't like it's not a whole other world. Yeah, it's like realistic fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> that seems strange. Um, yeah, it's, the other one was fantasy. This one is just like in the real world. No magic. No nothing. It's real people. Just the magic of love. It is the magical book. So basically what this book is about is about, well, one, it is a love story, but two, it's about a woman with a mood disorder who learns to live without medication. Um, And that's just kind of like her path along it. It's really interesting. It was not, I actually didn't know what to expect going into it. I don't think I knew I had what no this idea book what was this about book. at all. Mm-hmm. I assumed it was a love story based on the title alone with you neither, but I wasn't confident because foreshadowing is clearly not either <laughs> one of our strong suits. I was like, maybe I just don't, don't know what that word means. Um, we were correct. <laughs> it was a love story. For once, we actually picked up on the subtle context clues. <laughs> 
title. <laughs> like I knew it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of funny because like when I was reading this book, for me, like the the guy was the main character in my mind, like just because I really liked his character. And like I wasn't as invested in the woman's storyline, even though it was like really obviously important. Like this in this um book, there's basically just the two main characters and then a couple side characters. So like it's not like a fantasy book where like you're trying to learn all of these names that are like not spelt in easy English and like yeah. there's a, a lot of characters and like a lot of like character there's good character development in this book but just like not on like such a grand like scale as I think some of the other books that we've read where like there's just so many characters to learn it was it was kind of nice in that sense I Um, feel like uh I was a bit surprised though because it's uh, like the author's own description saying that like this story is about a woman blah, blah blah and for me I I found like I didn't think uh, Aldo was the main character, but I thought they were both equal. Like I thought it was a storyline about both of them. So the Mm -hmm. fact that Olivia Blake is like, no, it's about Reagan and her story. And I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. that did surprise me. Even after reading it, I still don't really see it as Reagan's story. I see it as both of their stories. Yeah, I kind of agree. I think yeah, maybe I phrased my thing poorly. I do agree that it was like very equal. I think the reason that Aldo is the main character for me is just because I liked him more. <laughs> um, I do like Aldo. Oh, yeah, I do like Aldo. So sweetie. I know. Um, also, this book is like a lot more difficult than some of the other books that we have read in the past. Like it's a little bit more advanced. Obviously, jumping from like <laughs> through our age category. <laughs> obviously jumping from like throne of glass to this I was it kind of threw me through a loop at the beginning because I was so used to just like very basic easy writing and then I got like <laughs> like the, the quantum physics is brought up on multiple occasions during this book and I was like ah okay we are adults for this book I guess <laughs> this one is a book for adults but I mean like I feel like we've read adult books that's I think this is one of the more like this is probably up there with some of the hardest books that we've read for the podcast like it's not quite like the Da Vinci Code but it's definitely I think it's it's like poetic yeah in the way that it's written Mm -hmm. so it's not I mean I actually don't know how to describe what I'm thinking but I feel like this is a book that I can see like being taught in school like I can see it one day being like a literature book where people where like the teacher's a dick and is like so what does the color blue mean here like I think this actually this book actually does have like literature like themes and like actual like layered meanings and things like that yeah like I think that that's actually what this book has which is like not very common for what we read (laughs) however there is a bit of uh, sexual content so I don't know if they would read this in English class yeah maybe not but maybe like a university level one yeah I think um university I can see 
but yeah, I guess that's also a fair warning. This is, there is some sexual content in this book. Um, I don't know. Scale out of five. I give it maybe like a three. Is it's, I don't know. It's very middle for me. Like it's not throughout the whole book. It's also not like that graphic. I would describe it as like more like sensual than sexual. Like it's not like, um, I mean, it is like sexual, obviously, like it it does describe sex, Um, but it's not like the same way, like some of the books that we've read where they're like, oh, his enormous cock. It's, it's just like, (laughs) yeah, it's not like that. I I would probably give it like a 2.53. Yeah. It's just like the wording is very different. It's like a little more a little more subtle I don't know because it's not it's hard to describe because it's not subtle like it's very it's very clear what they're doing but it's just like it's more poetic I guess like you said it's not like just describing the sex ex- itself it's also describing like how it makes them feel and how it's going to develop their characters how did you feel about it because I know that we are like often not a fan of sex stuff in books. I honestly didn't mind it in this book. I think I think you're right. It's more of like the graphic stuff that I don't appreciate, but it was like it added to the story. So I think it was necessary to show like it was a very real story. Mm-hmm. Like it felt real reading it. So no, I actually didn't mind it at all. Yeah, I didn't mind it at all either. Because I feel like it wasn't... I feel like sometimes authors put in the sex stuff as like an attempt. Or I guess obviously sometimes they do succeed. But with us, it's an attempt um, of like turning the reader on and like having that be like a thing like with erotica. Um but I feel like with this book, it, like the, the point of the sex wasn't for the reader. It was for the characters. Yeah. To like understand their like emotional reactions to things that are happening and like why they do the things they do. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I liked it. So yeah, it definitely, I appreciate, I, I, I liked it too. Um, anything else spoiler free to add? I don't think so I don't think so either I think we've covered it mostly character development was there which is obviously one of our main things there wasn't really a lull in the story I think like what I found and maybe not surprising but just like interesting is maybe because I'm just used to Sarah J Mass, where we read like she has like a genre of book that she writes and for me I think I was kind of expecting a similar genre or even writing style from the Atlas Six to this one and it's like it could be a completely different author and I would have accepted that whereas like Sarah J Mass, I could pick up and read and be like "Mm, that's another one of her books yeah you know Mm -hmm. so I feel like that surprised me a bit yeah I think Olivia Blake is Definitely getting up there with one of like being one of my favorite authors. I really like her writing style. I do too. 
right? Should we get into the spoilers then? Or I guess no, overall rating. What's your overall rating? I actually love this book. Like, I love this book. The beginning, I was like, this is fun. Middle, beautiful. The ending, I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I would uh, maybe, maybe a nine. I thought I thought it was just so well written. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Mm-hmm. I think I'm honestly in the, in the on exact same. For once, we have the exact same rating. Yeah, I would give this a nine. Ooh, yeah, Olivia Blake, look at what you've done. Look at what you've done. Like not quite a ten, but I I honestly feel like if I were to reread this book, I would give it a ten because I feel like obviously there's going to be things that we missed because. <laughs> naturally naturally but I, I actually like another reason why this book is so high for me because I want to reread it like I want to read it again and like see the things that I missed the first time and like actually get like a better understanding of like the characters and like especially because like we talked about I feel like this book does have a lot of layers like Have you seen on like TikTok and Instagram people who like annotate their books and like will like write in the margins and like highlight things and underline things and have like sticky notes just everywhere? This is a book that I can see like I would do that in just because I feel like there's so much. Yeah, like you could reread this over and over again and I don't think you would get bored. You would Mm -hmm. keep finding new things. I did write like at least and then five different points. I was like, fave line question mark. And I kept finding more. And I was like, damn, <laughs> it's too good. Yeah, it's so good. And it's very like it's poetic without being like too poetic. Like it's poetic, but it's still easy enough to read and grasp. Like there's not too much like symbolism and imagery and all of that stuff where like you lose the story. It's just like it's so well written. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess I'm ready to just get into the spoilers. Yeah. Right. Oh, also, I do want to say I do think that like potentially, if I read reread this book, it might end up being like a ten. Like if I was able to like read it, like reread it, knowing what I know. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely like on on the verge. Mm-hmm. So, so it's probably a me thing. <laughs> it's like I didn't understand enough, and that's why it's not a ten. <laughs> has nothing to do with Olivia Blake or the book itself I am dumb so it just is one less point for me (laughs) book talk has actually been doing us good lately I know I feel like I was uh being a bit skeptical when we last talked about book talk but I still have no faith but (laughs) maybe that's also just because we've started going into things with like more lower expectations that's true okay so like the first highlight that I have was like the moment where I realized um just how much we were like jumping in reading level from throne of glass to uh this book and it said I think this was Aldo or no it wasn't Regan 
Yes, it was Regan. Um, it's a long quote, but here we go. It said, did it matter where it started and would it matter where it would end? Either yes, it mattered very much because everything was a consequence of something and therefore what became of them was somehow predetermined or no, it did not matter at all because beginnings and endings were not as important as the moments that could have happened or the outcomes that might have been. And as soon as I read that, I I made a note and it says, well, shit, this is going to be a confusing read for me, I think. <laughs> and I was right. <laughs> yeah, it does good way. start off strong. Mm-hmm. Um. I also, I know this is going to like jump in a full circle, but like that's kind of the point of the book. The very beginning of the book, Reagan kind of like poses a question of like what Sarah just said, basically, of like what is what, like how does, how do things happen? Like where is it going? And at the very end of the book, she, she answers it. Like she gives an answer to her and Aldo and like their timeline. And I loved it. I love it too. Yeah. Because like the entire, the entire first like chapter, whatever is like a hypothesis. So it's like her version of how do people meet? um, Why do things happen? What is time? And then, yeah, like, the ending chapter is an answer to her question after you go through the whole story so Mm -hmm. beautiful I actually have a lot of highlights I didn't think I had that many but um I I I don't even know how to like talk about this book because it's so like complex that I'm just like I'm gonna (laughs) talk about it and sound like a fucking dumbass (laughs) I think we do that with uh, children's books too, so (laughs) might as well just accept it. It's true. It's true. Um, Also, Uh, I... Oh. (laughs) Sorry, you can go first. (laughs) Okay. I really found it interesting, um, the, like, in the beginning of the book, how there was narrators, and then they kind of, like, disappear for, like... I'd say like three quarters of the book and then a narrator comes back in the end. I really, it was weird, but I liked it. I also, like it didn't take me out of the story at all. And I, it didn't bother me that they went away mm-hmm. and then came back. It was, it fit for some reason, but I think it's just like the style of the book. I don't really know, but exactly on that point of the narrator right in the beginning of the book there's like a narrator note after something is said being like foreshadowing baby and I was like this is exactly what we need in everything we read (laughs) honestly true so true um yeah I did highlight foreshadowing baby (laughs) because I was like nice thank you Olivia Blake um but I also, I didn't highlight all of the narrator parts because that would have been a lot, but I feel like the narrators are also like very similar to like the person whose like perspective they're from. That makes any sense. Like I think one of all those, um, 
one of Aldo's one is like an aging arthritic man um, in possession of many books. And it's like, that sounds like Aldo's character to me. And then one of um, Regan's was like a, like a teenager who's like, who is like kind of angsty and like a teenage girl who's angsty and like just really couldn't be bothered to be there. And I feel like they like, whenever they um, brought in the narrators, it kind of like fit with the character it wasn't like like I feel like there was a reason that that angsty teenage girl was not Aldo's narrator you know what I mean yeah yeah probably said that in a really stupid way but no I got it though thank you (laughs) um and I also liked um Aldo's well, I mean, I loved Aldo's dad, obviously, Masso. Oh, Great Masso? character. Mm. Love him. Obsessed. I just want to give him a hug. Um, and I just, I loved their relationship and how Masso is like so worried about Aldo, like all the time. But like, I don't know. I liked the the thing that they do where like, he's like, where are we today? Like, where where in time are we? And then Aldo like, describes like a weird scenario to like kind of explain how his mental health is but also it it like relates to all those you know crazy genius thoughts that he has I really liked that I did too and at first I didn't understand it (laughs) obviously (laughs) also same (laughs) I remember like the first like reading the beginning of this book was definitely like it definitely threw me through a loop because it was like just so much and then like maybe like a quarter of the way through the book I was like ah I get it I feel like that's why reading it again would be fun Mm -hmm. because now you know in the beginning you'd be like "Mm, there it is bees and circles man (laughs) like and hexagons (laughs) I also love so basically like the whole relationship that Aldo and Reagan well how they build their relationship is they meet randomly and then have six conversations and after they break up when Reagan calls him and is like like, what do you want? Like, what do you want to talk about? And she's like, I want a conversation. I was like, oh, it's happening again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is also like a primary example of like things that definitely only happen in books and never in real life. Like, I feel like if someone came up to me in the way that Aldo came up to me, I don't know that I would say yes to six conversations. I just, you know. No. Really? (laughs) Like, I wouldn't. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. I was like, you would say yes to six conversations with a stranger. I disagree with you. (laughs) You're like, really? Yes. (laughs) What do you mean? No, I thought you were saying that you didn't agree with me. I was like. Oh, no, no, I thought you were like, no. And I was like, you would say yes to six conversations with a stranger? Absolutely not. (sighs) If someone came up to me and was like, can I talk to you? I'd probably be like, no, <laughs> not even once. <laughs> I don't know you. 
I mean, like, I guess Aldo is described as like a quite attractive individual, or at least I picture him as very attractive. I guess he's not really described as that as that until like later when Regan kind of like cuts his hair and fixes him up a bit. But, yeah, I think he's like unconventionally attractive. Yeah, is what I was getting from the story, but mm-hmm. I feel like. I don't know, maybe I'm being a bit harsh. Like maybe there's a scenario where a guy walks up to me and asks for six conversations and I say yes. I don't know. I'm just like afraid of creepy men. <laughs> like, you know, I feel like I need to at least know you like through someone. I feel like it would throw me off too if someone was like, I would like to have six conversations and only six. <laughs> why and then he'd be like hexagons and i'm like oh you're crazy i'm gonna go yeah like i don't think i would accept it <laughs> but i also feel like that's another reason why like regan and aldo work is because aldo is like fucking weird and regan is like um what's the word i'm looking for i just realized we pronounce uh now I don't know if I'm right or you're right but we pronounce Reagan's name differently well cool <laughs> naturally even with symbol names we're like we're going different directions no wonder we have such a hard time with fantasy book names but no she's like described as very like um spontaneous I guess is yeah I don't think that's the word I'm exactly looking for but like spontaneous slash destructive like a little somewhere in between there so I think that's why she was like obviously that's why she said yes to Aldo because she was like oh this guy wants to have six random conversations with me sure why not I don't have anything like better to do whereas I my brain is like ooh, no Maybe if you were Harry Styles. Um, <laughs> but if you're just an unconventionally attractive random dude who I saw sitting on the floor in a museum. No. Talking about bees? <laughs> Talking about bees and hexagons? I don't think I would. <laughs> Even if you were conventionally attractive and were like, would you like to have six conversations with me? And I don't know you at all. Honestly, no. <laughs> Like that, that would make me uncomfortable. I don't want to. I think the problem is that we're just too introverted. <laughs> That's true. From the perspective of someone that likes talking to people, I feel like maybe it would be fun to have and a like conversation. meeting people. I'm like, I don't, I don't need That's more true. people in my life. I have enough. There I are people keep up that with the like, ones I do have. <laughs> excited to meet new people. <laughs> Crazy That's concept. probably where we need to start the assumption from. <laughs> or even just like accepts meeting new people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, side note, this is just like a fact. This is also another reason why I really appreciate Olivia Blake's like writing, because you can tell that she like does a lot of research especially for this book like because she you know like just being able to whip out facts about quantum physics and 
everything like that, I was like, you must have done some serious Googling and reading to write this book. Um, but just a little fun fact that I found very interesting, that bees, or specifically honeybees, their wings flap 11... 11,000, I couldn't even say that number for a second, 11,400 times per minute. And I just, that's wild. It's like, that's a lot of flaps per minute. And that's there what creates are... their buzzing sound. Just fun facts in this book. Mm-hmm. There is also, speaking of wings... I, I forgot the underlying theme of bees for just like a second, naturally. And it's part where like, uh, I think Reagan is giving Aldo a haircut mm-hmm. and then is talking because she can see his back and is like, th- that's where wings would be if he had wings. And I was like, but I started thinking about fairies and fae, and I was like, what am I doing? This is the wrong book. It was a very weird moment for me. I was Even when we're not reading in my mind. <laughs> Rye sand is forever in my mind. Yep. Uh, I keep on, like, reading, like, my notes and just expecting that like there's a point to them but no they're literally just quotes that I highlighted because I thought they were really good I feel like <laughs> there's so many good quotes <laughs> um ooh, what were your thoughts on Mark fuck that guy he was so mean he was just like he did deal with a lot of what Reagan did which I feel like some people wouldn't. Yeah, but I feel like it was it wasn't to be kind. It was for his no. own weird self-serving purposes. Like it just wasn't It was the weirdest relationship. Um I also hated that like the mom was so like twisted in the way that she would like quote unquote take care of Reagan and I was like mm. I did not like the family vibe. I did not like the family vibe. I did not like Mark. I didn't mind um, Reagan's sister. She was okay, yeah. but like not good enough to really make an impact on my opinions. Yeah. Indifferent. Yeah, very indifferent. I was like, I hated Mark. I hated Reagan's family. And I loved Masso. And the I guess that's kind of like all the side characters, really. Yeah, that's basically it. That I can think about. I feel like Mark is just extra unlikable because, like, we all know a guy like that, you know? Yeah. Like, some... thing about him, but, like... Just some rich, sleazy, cocaine-addicted asshole who just, like... like doesn't care yeah and just like gets away with so much shit because he's rich and like and I don't really remember what he's supposed to look like but I pictured him as like very conventionally attractive 
I don't remember what he was described as. I was kind of going for like Tamlin vibes. Tamlin vibes. Absolutely. <laughs> but worse. I like Tamlin more than worse. I Because at least oh, Tamlin is like. Way worse. Yeah. But like visually. That yeah, I did vibe. picture like blonde. Like almost like a young Brad Pitt. <laughs> Why is the villain always blonde in my mind? Yeah, I'm starting to trust blondes less in my day-to-day life. <laughs> Says the blonde. <laughs> a lot of people think I'm a redhead now. It's a it's a topic of big controversy what my hair color is these days. Just people get so fired up sometimes about like uh, I've seen on like TikTok when someone's just like, yeah, like my uh, blonde hair or whatever, and people are like, you don't have blonde hair. How dare you say that? I'm like, does that really matter? I experience this all the time. It's like my boss will die on the hill that I have red hair, even though it's like it is. It's it's strawberry blonde. It's it's its own thing. That's a color, strawberry it's, blonde. It, it's strawberry blonde. Um, but some people just like refuse to accept that strawberry blonde exists. They're like, it's either red or it's blonde. And I'm going to choose which one it is. It and you're really like, fuels... I say no. No, I don't have a say. It really fuels my imposter syndrome. I was actually talking with my roommates about this like the other day. And then also because my eyes are weird. A lot of people are like, what color are your eyes? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like it's a mix it's everything (laughs) they're different I am everything all at once yeah anyways back to the book because I don't want to talk about this anymore fair enough I just I love how well suited Reagan and Aldo are together because of how like I mean obviously they're both like flawed and kind of like I mean I guess broken is a bit of a like a cliche but I'm going to use it anyways but they just like understand each other and work very well together as a as a couple obviously at points they were toxic but I think once they like figured it out and like realized certain things about themselves they were able to like grow into like a really compatible like partnership yeah I I really like that this book wasn't about like they get together and then like happily ever after it was very much like there are difficulties we don't know what will happen Mm -hmm. but like who cares let's risk it anyways Mm -hmm. and I like that kind of ending where you're not like together forever goodbye yeah it's not like and the prince saved the princess and they lived happily ever after. Like, it's not that cliche. And it's also, it's kind of nice to like read a book from the perspective of someone who is like as flawed as Reen and Aldo are. Like, it's quite relatable, at least for me. But uh-uh. I feel like that's what makes this book like so real. Mm hmm. Hmm. And it's like, I don't struggle with the same issues that Aldo and Regan do, but it's like, I feel like with a lot of books, it's either the person, the characters like aren't flawed or they're flawed in like a cliche kind of way. Whereas like this book, the characters were very flawed with, but it was like, like we've talked about, it was more poetic. It wasn't like cringy. (laughs) Like sometimes it can be in books. And it wasn't like 
it's not like Aldo and Reagan like fixed each other by any means. Mm -hmm. It was just that like they could coexist and they could do it happily. And that was kind of the idea. Yeah, they like accepted each other. And yeah. not in the way that Mark accepted Regan. Like, yeah, like he did accept her, but not not in a good way. No. It was different. Very different. Um what while you were reading the book, did you anticipate them ending up together? No. Same. I when they said uh there's like part of it. Yeah, basically a chapter ends with neither of them spoke again. I assume that meant forever. <laughs> I feel like that implied forever. <laughs> and so I, I did just like accepted that like their relationship was over at that point. And then it was just like, see how they progress. And was I happy that they called each other late? No. Oh. No, it was the museum. That that was my favorite scene absolutely ever. It ties into everything of this entire book into an art showcase for Reagan. It was beautiful. It was so I good. I wasn't expecting it. I, I forgot that Reagan was making uh, like artwork that she hadn't shown Aldo yet. And I was like, no part of me connected the dots. <laughs> However, now that I'm saying it out loud, I definitely should have. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like for me, even when I was like, even like way before they started like arguing and like before that big fight that they had, I didn't anticipate them ending up together because I feel like they were just such like a a chaotic love story that I just didn't anticipate it having a happy ending. Like I just like even early on in the book, I was like, this is this is going too well, you know? Especially when Masso was, like, uh, not... He wasn't a, not a fan of Reagan, but he was just, like, unsure. And as mm -hmm. soon as that came out, I was like, oh, Masso isn't on board, it's not working. Yeah, that's why I thought it was foreshadowing. And I thought that, yeah, I did not anticipate them ending up together. However, I also appreciated that, like, it wasn't, I mean, it was sad when they broke up and I was, like, disappointed, but it wasn't, like, I, at no point in this book did I cry. You know what I mean? It wasn't, like, a sad book, which is kind of what I was anticipating. Like, I anticipated a good cry during the last chapter. That's what I was predicting. Yeah. I, I, like, not even a little tear. Not even one. And that's coming from me. <laughs> that says something. Damn. <laughs> See, now that I already kind of mentioned it, I'm just going to go into it. The artwork that is showcased at the end, mm -hmm. the fact that that was called Alone With You in the Ether, which is the title of the book, I was like, oh, it's happening. I loved it. Yeah, I, I love it's better than reading the title in the book. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's always a good moment. I also just like I relate to Aldo and his like awkwardness and like his kind of like deep, dark things that he like talks about. There's this one quote that I have where he's like, 
Something has to kill us. We already live far too long than our peak reproductive years. After a certain point, we're just overusing overusing resources. And I put underneath that me making small talk. <laughs> like I I do love like in that same idea of like how Aldo teaches or like TA is one of his university classes. <laughs> He's just like does not care about anyone. <laughs> it's like uh because students ask questions there's part of it where he's like uh he was interrupted several times by questions that he was required by university policy not to remark that they were stupid (laughs) I was like damn but like imagine being so smart in your field and needing to like go to base one to try and teach that to someone I feel like that would be so hard to do Mm -hmm. I feel like that's what elementary school teachers do every day I can't imagine. Like imagine teaching can... kindergarten and being like, this is purple. Like, no. <laughs> I honestly think I would, like, I don't, I think I would have a really hard time coming up with a lesson plan because I wouldn't understand, like, what level that I needed to teach. I think it'd yeah. be very hard, actually. I don't, I don't, I don't think I would do very well. I don't think I would do very well either. Um. Also, just to like circle back real quick, um, when Aldo like signed up for one of Regan's tours and stuff like that, I made a note of it because I was like, this is like a perfect example of a man being like a little creepy and it's okay because it's in a book. And another, like, it just like solidifies that like, I would not be okay with these six conversations. Like if I was trying to do my job and this guy who I like talked to like for the first time the other day was like I signed up for what you're doing so that I could talk to you I would be like "Mm." yeah I would be horrified actually (laughs) I would be like maybe a restraining order needs to happen like even if I go on a first date with someone and they're like a little too interested I'm like well you fucked it up (laughs) like (laughs) like now I'm afraid yeah also, this book had some like amazing monologues, like mostly Regan. I feel like all those all those thoughts were always very short. Regan like went on some tangents that were I really enjoyed them. Yeah, I feel like a, a monologue is such a good way to fill fill you in into what's happening without you know using like 200 pages of back and forth conversations I did really like them too Mm -hmm. like I think there was this one um there's like this one specific part in the book where you like kind of get a glimpse into Regan's mind and like it kind of shows her like mental illness, like really, really well. And it's like, it's just written so well where like, it starts off kind of like, like she's, her mind is like talking down about herself. And then you realize that it's like actually her mom's like voice that's like coming through. And then um, you hear Regan's internal dialogue kind of trying to be like, no, like, you're you're like acting out again like trying to like rationalize certain things and it's just like it's like a whole page of the book where like you just really get a glimpse into Regan's mind and then I think it like cuts and 
it's someone like talking to her being like are you paying attention or something like that yeah I think she's in like the therapist's office at that point yeah I yeah it's such a good glimpse into like what is going on in her head Mm -hmm. and it like it wasn't like jarring you know what I mean I also kind of feel like this book similar to the Da Vinci Code it kind of reads like a movie for me like a weird kind of like trippy movie but like there are certain parts of it where it's like I can visualize it so well and I think if this book is ever made into a movie they better do a damn good job because like what I am picturing is just next level it's in my mind it's beautiful (laughs) like Oscars will for all categories like if this book were to become a movie this is kind of like a very ending point but I'm a big fan of like circular stories I don't know if that really makes sense but like like yeah I guess is it is it cyclical maybe Okay, I, I was just gonna say that's how I pronounce. I honestly um, don't know. We don't say I, that we we speak two different languages <laughs> from the exact same place. We speak two different languages. Um, but yeah, because basically the very end of the first chapter, which is like the hypothesis to set up the story, is uh, give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, everything would be as it was only very slightly different and then at the very end of the book that's exactly how it ends like that's the very last sentence of the book is and everything will be as it was only very slightly different I love this book man oh beautiful (laughs) it is so good like just every single thing about this fucking book Oh, also something that I appreciated about this book. Um, And I think this also stems from the fact that like, fun fact, guys, I don't know my dad, Um, but Aldo uh, doesn't know his mom and just the way that. (laughs) I love the way you announced that fun fact. (laughs) Well, I mean, have you seen Pete Davidson? It's like a skit. And he's just like, oh, you know your dad. What's that like? It's <laughs> exactly what I just thought of. Pete Davidson and I have a very similar sense of humor. <laughs> it's very dark and it stems from our trauma. Um, but like, Aldo doesn't know his mom and like him and Regan have a conversation about it. And it's a conversation that I have had multiple times in my life, especially a lot of times when people find out that I don't know my dad they're like oh my god like that's so unfortunate that's so sad you must feel so sad not knowing your dad and um the the way Regan and Aldo talk about it is she says what was it like not having your mother and he's like normal I guess I don't think about it much and she asks do you ever want to find her and he says no not really she made my father sad and my grandmother didn't like her maybe I thought about it once or twice I don't know but then I thought if she wanted to find me she could find me she knew my name and she knew my father's name and it wasn't like we ever moved and that is like to a t 
exactly how I feel about my dad. Like, I don't feel sad. And I feel like it's like, maybe it's just like another reason why Aldo is like my favorite. He's a relatable character for you. Very relatable to me. And I found like, yeah, it was just like a very real representation of like what it's like to not know a parent. Yeah. I find like a lot of the times you like um, books where you can like see yourself in them or like a character is relatable to you. And like, obviously you find Aldo a little bit relatable to you. But for me, I don't find Ragnar Aldo very relatable, but that still didn't take away from me loving this book. Mm-hmm. So like, I can see you being it- Mark. sorry i saw the opportunity and i took it (laughs) can you imagine if i was like yeah i really relate to mark (laughs) Uh, i think we would have to end this podcast and i would block you i hope you would Mm. or at least like tell me remember that one time in like sixth grade Honesty is the best policy. Wait, what? I didn't block you. I think I lost my phone. No, no, no you didn't block me. Uh, remember when I was being mean to you and in the sixth grade, and then you told oh, me. Yeah. I told you you were, were a like, bitch. Yeah, we were at the playground. You're like, I want you to know you're being a really big bitch. And I was like, oh. <laughs> and you know what? It was direct. It was honest. I probably was. You were. And it worked out. It did work. Calling you out worked. You weren't because you were being a bitch for many months. Yeah. And then I called you out and you weren't <laughs> French a bitch immersion again. really did a number on me. Yeah, it really fucking did, dude. Yeah, but uh, <gasps> oh. third grade happened, so I don't feel that bad. Yeah, I guess, guys, fun fact about our weird dynamic. I bullied Katrina in third grade and she bullied me in sixth grade. And now we are even. <laughs> and we <laughs> haven't bullied each other since. <laughs> If it happens again, we're going to have to do it two more times just to even it out. It's unfair. Anyways, back to the book. Ooh, one thing that I didn't like. Some of the sexual things in this book I didn't like because they were a little bit weird. Not like graphic, but just weird. And I I made a highlight and literally all I um, put underneath it was just what? (laughs) Um, (laughs) But it says... She sleeps with her hand wrapped around his cock just to comfort her subconscious with the shape of it. And I was like, okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that information. Yes, some parts I just skim past and I'm like, didn't need that. You know, Regan's like, um, like it's not even clinginess. It's just like, and it's kind of like, her attraction to like his body is kind of like cryptic in a way and like I remember there was like a part in the book where she's like poking around inside his mouth and like feeling all of his teeth and she's like I just want to crawl inside you and I'm like okay (laughs) moving past that (laughs) I think I think it is uh, talked about a little bit in the book where it's like there's a difference between obsession and compulsion Mm -hmm. is that what it is yeah 
So I feel like, yeah, for Reagan, it was like a bit obsessive. Mm-hmm. Who is your favorite character? Aldo. <laughs> and Masso is an honorable mention. <laughs> for me. I, I think I would have to agree too. Because yeah, I didn't, I liked Regan. I didn't, I don't think I related to her enough for her to be my favorite. And then every other character sucks. So. <laughs> every other character sucks. I guess it's favorite quote time. Can you do it? Okay. Whew. Oh my God. Actually, side note. Uh, when, uh, Regan sits in on one of Aldo's classes and then Aldo's just like or she's like thinking about what Aldo's doing and then it says like uh, he continued on filling the board with Egyptian ruins <laughs> like she didn't understand it and it made me think of you panicking about your math class <laughs> okay I've, I've, I've a favorite quote that I will I'll start you off with thought it was you know straight to the point um it's in talking about art and then Aldo's wondering like isn't isn't art about storytelling and then Regan is just kind of like explaining to him what she thinks art is and she's like art is something we do to feel human not because we are I was like, oh, that's nice. So yeah, that might be my favorite one. I like it. Mm. Are you having a hard time picking? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I may have picked it, but I'm also not at the end of my list, so I don't want to commit to it yet. Yeah, I think this is definitely the, the most... Um, that we've had to think about if it's a favorite or not. So take that as you will. Mm-hmm. There are some beautiful, beautiful lines in this book. Well, I can tell you my least favorite quote. It's from Mark and he's talking about Aldo and he says, it's cute you found a hobby, babe. Disgusting. Oh, God, he sucks. <laughs> I hate him. Oh, just people who say babe. Something about men who say babe. I'm not a fan of that term either. I think the other day, uh, I don't know what we were doing, but Jared said it like out of context and we both just stopped what we were doing and was like, ew. <laughs> it's happened once, it will never happen again. Not Maybe. a favorite quote, but something that we forgot to mention was I liked, again, full circle moment, Regan talking to her therapist and saying, we need to have six real conversations. And if after that, you still think I need to be medicated, then I will take my pills again. That was a, I really liked that moment. Okay, I think I have it. It's very early in the book. I think my favorite quote is, he wondered what a bee would do if he if it knew its life work was contributing to the ecosystem of fancy toasts. 
I like that's that. a good one. It's a good one. So yeah, that's my favorite quote. I finally Beautiful. picked it. it. Took me like ten minutes. The rest of the book is also my favorite quote. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like I don't think I've read such a quotable book in a long time. I hope you quote that book in public, like that line in public. <laughs> That's going to be like, I feel like maybe next time I go on a first date, I'm going to start talking about bees. And what are your thoughts on hexagons? (laughs) What's your thought on hexagons and time and bees? What shape is time? There is a right answer. (laughs) Honestly, that would be a fun first date. There is a right answer. There is a right answer and there's many wrong answers. Anyways, yeah, final thoughts? Um, beautiful. I, I don't think I've loved a story like this as much as I do in such a long time. Mm-hmm. So it was like a pleasant surprise for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's on the same level as like the song of Achilles was for me. But I think I gave that book a 10 out of 10, which I I stand by that, but like just in the way it's written. Yeah. And like the tear in my mind, because it's, I feel like I have two tiers of favorite books in my mind. Like, there's my favorite books that are objectively good and my favorite <laughs> books that are objectively not good. <laughs> There's a very clear difference mentally. <laughs> and this is one of my favorite books that is objectively good. Agreed. <laughs> All right. Well, um, next week we are um, jumping down in reading level again. <laughs> And we are reading the next book uh, in the Throne of Glass series. I forget what it's called. Do you want to tell me what it's called? The Crown of Midnight. I think. I'm having a hard time deciding what order these books are meant to go in. I think we should read The Assassin's Blade after the third book. So fourth. I think that's also an acceptable yeah place but okay i could be wrong but i also don't want to read anymore because i keep seeing spoilers so we're just gonna pick it and we're gonna go for it no so next one is crown of midnight yeah um also i remember we were talking um at the end of the last episode that we recorded um or, or like at the end of the throne of glass episode about how we were like okay with like not jumping right into the second book and whatever but now that we're here I'm very excited to read the second book like me too and I didn't anticipate this because I feel like I left Throne of Glass feeling very like okay and very like medium about continuing the series but now that I'm continuing the series I'm like ooh, (laughs) ooh. I'm like antsy you know I'm like ready to get into it Sarah J Mass just has that effect on me I guess she has a hold on me. 
Um, but yeah, if you want to follow us on social media, we have Instagram and Twitter, which is at bookbevies and a Gmail for longer inquiries, which is bookbevies at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.